Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Women's Fittest. Happy New Year. So it is currently New Year's Eve and I am sitting down to kind of collect my thoughts about the past year and actually the last cumulative three years as we go into 2024 or as it is 2024 when you're listening to this. I have talked to a lot of people in the last couple of months and I think many of us feel the same in that we have been in a bit of a fog since the whole lockdown thing and I feel like the world did this huge 180 as far as progressing goes and I think a lot of us were just waiting for things to go back to normal and just that never happened and I'm not saying that I wasted time but it was this weird feeling of being sort of outside of things and looking in and just like like what is happening I don't know how to join this party and then because it's it's not familiar to me and then when you know, to finally have this realization, like, this is how things are, realizing that, like, technology has advanced so much in the last three years, society has advanced so much in the last three years, as far as being more progressive, and it's just kind of wild to me, and I was thinking about how one of my goals for 2024 is to really be more present. And it's so hard to do because if your brain is like mine and it's just constantly going, you are often thinking about plans for the future, things you want to do for the future, even though today you make the steps that lead you towards your future goals and you have to do them every day, right? But you're always thinking about where you want to be in the future. So you're kind of in the future, which creates a lot of anxiety. And then you're also reflecting on things that you've done already, whether it's, you know, to congratulate yourself or to analyze what you're doing and try to not make same mistakes or just to utilize experiences. And so I feel like A lot of us are spending time in the past as well, and it just, I know it serves its purpose, but it feels like I'm doing myself a disservice because I am taking away from my presence, and I am really, like, struggling with how to take things moment by moment and day by day and um, it's just been really tough but (laughs) some of the things that have changed for me over this past year that I've noticed um, I just I mean there has been a lot of growth but it has been a very very it's been a difficult year like I am I am not gonna lie and I think I have ended this year or at least in the last month or so with this like I don't know who I am because I spent the last 18 years being Anna's mom and I am Anna's mom, but also I'm not parenting 24 seven anymore. And that was a weird transition over the last four months as well when she left for college because there was just this empty space and I, 
I realized when she came home for Thanksgiving, then I was like making food for her, doing her laundry and like picking up after her, how much time I put into parenting when she's home and how much time I have available now that she is not home. And I mean, obviously she's home because she still has Christmas break for a couple more weeks, but, um, yeah, like something in the middle would be so, um, great. Cause I feel like I have like twice as much time with her being gone as I do with her being home. And so I'm at this point and I've talked about it a couple of different times that I'm trying to figure out what I need to add and just where I want to go with my life. And I know that one of the big things for me that I'm passionate about and gives me purpose is helping other people. And so I am trying to decide what avenue I want to go down with helping people. And so um, I did order this menopause certification course um, from Girls Gone Strong, and I will do that. And then, I don't know, I have some other ideas about stuff. Um, but also, I think part of being present is kind of adding one thing at a time. In the same way that when life is overwhelming, you don't just stop doing everything. I mean, maybe you do for a minute so that you can kind of prioritize. But, you know, you kind of pull things off your plate one at a time and just see how you're functioning and how you can direct your efforts towards the things that are important to you. And so it's just, it's just a process. But one of the things that um, has really been on the forefront of my mind, and I think that I've had a lot of time to contemplate with Anna being gone, is just this stage of life that I'm in. Um, I never really thought of myself as a lonely person and, you know, it, it, because I, you know, people would always ask like, you know, about if I was dating somebody or if I was going to get married again. And I, I never really, it, it wasn't something that was something that I wanted, but it was because I was so busy raising Anna and I felt like if I had, you know, tried to pursue in a, a relationship that it would, um, for me personally detract from the energy that I had to give towards her. And I'm, I'm happy about that and how it worked out. But now I'm kind of thinking about that because I have all this time. And so I don't know, like, I still don't really want a relationship, but I am trying to figure out what to do with that time. And I'm just like, you know, I'm halfway through my life. I'll be 48 in, in April. And I just want to make sure that I utilize all of my time. And we know this from people reporting on their deathbeds and at the end of their life that regret comes from not doing things. Um, I think my biggest regret this year is that uh, my friend Zach competed in the Indianapolis Natural um, Bodybuilding Competition and he won everything and I had initially thought I didn't want to drive almost four hours to go watch that and now I just wish that I had because 
he won all three categories he competed in and the overall and I just wish I had been there like it would have been it just would have been worth it you know so I think this year will be me saying yes to things more I feel like my discernment is a lot better than it was 10 years ago and so I'm not gonna say yes to like risky things and I don't know I just think about whenever you do something you don't usually regret that you went somewhere like you might regret buying something or you know I don't know but I mean you just never know about something unless you actually do it and so as long as you're not engaging in risky behavior I think you know this is going to be my year to say yes and so I'm hoping that in doing that I am a little bit less cautionary about opportunity and I'm going to take myself to, um, you know, take, um, that was worded wrong, but (laughs) I'm going to, um, enjoy some new experiences that I probably would have passed on in the past just because it wasn't fitting in with my parenting, um, mom role lifestyle. So we'll see what happens. But along that line, what kind of what spurred me in this direction? I, I hate to be like a a YOLO person, but I think about this more and more now that I really do like where I used to caution people like, Hey, don't do this. And I, I, I do still think that it's like, if something is risky or you're going to hurt somebody, obviously, um, or risk hurting yourself, you don't do it. But if it's for like something fun and an experience and you're being safe and you know, it's going to add to your life resume, then, um, you know, I'm just a lot more open to things now, uh, that I, um, than I used to be. And so, um, one of my clients had sent me a, an email just randomly throughout the week. Um, when I left her, her voice note, voice note for her check-in, I had asked, um, some questions that were, um, more personal, I guess. And before you think like that is unusual, um, it's not like, as far as my relationship with my clients does become very personal, I think usually pretty quickly, they realize that they can tell me anything. And so if they tell me something, um, a lot of times I'll follow up with, um, I'll follow up with some questions. And this particular client, I knew she had a daughter and I was thinking, I had asked her if she was a single parent because I just wasn't sure. And she had given me some information about like her job and this is kind of what the email was about and I um I just was unclear and so she ended up writing me this very um intimate email um and I want to share that with you with her permission I want to share that with you because it just made me think about how short life is. And, you know, I spent last night at my mom's and was talking with her too about how much I think about this more because, again, I know I've said this before, but once I got into my 40s, people really just started passing away. People that were my age 
and people that are older. And now, you know, that I'm getting into my late forties, my, you know, my aunts and my uncles, obviously, um, grandparents are gone. And, um, I said to my mom, you know, and those of you who know me know that I'm a Christian and I believe in, um, I believe in heaven. And, um, you know, I just said, I think the thing that blows my mind the most is that, you know, as much as we, you know, we keep learning about the human body and the human mind and things advance, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, the one thing that everybody collectively does not know, um, and I, I mean, there's a lot of things we don't know, right? But that is probably a curiosity to almost everybody is that we don't know what happens when we die and only the people who died know what happens when we die. And I don't think that like, you know, this is, I mean, obviously I believe in an afterlife, but, um, I still think that, um, I don't want to be somebody on my deathbed who regrets not doing you know, some of the things, like I said, I regret not going to my friend Zach's bodybuilding competition because I've been such a supporter of him. And I don't know. I mean, the last two months I've had some pretty good depressive episodes, um, struggling with some stuff with my job, which I'm not, I'm not going to get into too much, but, um, and so it, it really affected my mental health and my demeanor and, um, I was feeling sad and it's hard to get yourself to do stuff when you're feeling sad on a, on a up note, kind of weird. But so for this past year, I did track how many times each month I went to the gym. So I would keep track if I did a, basically if I did a push pull or a legs workout, um, I, I keep it in my notes and, I keep track every month of like how many times I've gone to the gym. And I'll tell you that before Anna went to school, so before September, for the most part, I mean, some of the months I only went like 11, 12 times. Um, so if you figure like four times a week, basically times four, that's, um, you know, 16 workouts in a month. I definitely average um, earlier in the year prior to September, less than 16 workouts in a month. And then the last, since September, um, I think it was like 18, 18, 19, 20. Um, and then December I had 21 workouts for the month. And, um, it's kind of funny too, because I ended up injuring myself, I, I'm not really sure what happened. I was having some hip problems and I had a leg day and I woke up the next morning and I like, I really couldn't lift my leg. Um, like what is that called? Like, um, a leg raise, like lift my leg, like my knee to my knee to my chest, basically type of movement and was having problems with adduction, um, and a little bit of abduction. So I initially, I thought that I had a labrum tear. Um, I was really scared about that. And then, then I realized my psoas was really, really tight. 
Um, and so I thought, well, maybe there's like, you know, um, like maybe there's like a hernia type of a thing. Um, then I was like, okay, I definitely like hip flexor. Um, so as adductor, maybe some sort of pull like that. So it has been three weeks since I trained legs really effectively. I did do, um, after about two weeks, I went through some leg movements just to see kind of where, like what's the, what's causing a problem. I did go see my doctor. She referred me to my ortho. Um, and I did make an appointment for him, which is on the second. And she was like, maybe they can do some imaging. Meanwhile, we'll schedule PT. Um, I also ended up ordering a, a hip strengthening program from, um, the physio fix, um, Stacy, I can't think of what her last name is. If you follow her on Instagram, she has really great stuff. So I decided to get that hip program and I was gonna, um, and I'm going to do that, but it's, it's almost better. So, um, but then I, I tried to train legs a little bit two days ago and, um, and then it, like some of the pain came back. So I think it's probably still too early to do some movements, but I know basically what I can't do. And that is a lunge motion, um, a bridge to almost like being parallel that. So it's all in that, like if I stretch, if I like, you know, if you do like a quad stretch and you grab your foot and pull it behind your leg or behind your, like grab your foot to your butt, um, that's where the pain is. And then if I, um, abduct my leg, it's a little bit that way too. So we'll see. Um, physical therapy doesn't start until the 10th. So I will start that hip program and, um, you know, I'll see how things are going. I had debated canceling my appointment with my doctor, but I would like him to run through some movement patterns just to see if he can diagnose a little bit better. I don't know if I need to do imaging now because it's really expensive. I like to do imaging just to see if something is wrong, but I did pull one of my adductors the other side, um, probably five years ago and it did take a really long time. It takes three to six weeks for something like that to be better. But, you know, I'm just hoping it isn't anything so serious that I need to have surgery for it. That would be horrible. But I still have problem too with like, so lunges, squatting, adduction, abduction. Um, but I can do like leg extension, um, hamstring curls. I could do, um, kickbacks, um, and so, um, calves, some things, um, still some weakness with like squatting, leg press, etc. So we'll see, hopefully, like I will not train legs for three months if it just means that <laughs> I don't have to have surgery and something is going to heal and I can just get back to it. So, um, that being said, I'm also very antsy about getting back to training legs because, uh, I was doing so good. I was like feeling really, really good about how like the level of leanness that I had. And then, um, yeah. And then I had this injury and I like, I couldn't really walk well for about three days. So I couldn't work for about three days. And then I was catching up on work and, um, it's just been 
it's just been a setback. So, and then it was, you know, with Anna home, um, we've just been eating a little bit more junk food and whatnot. I mean, it's holiday time. So I think I'm like probably up three pounds on the scale, which isn't like a huge deal, but I probably have lost some muscle as well. So we'll see what goes on with that. Hopefully it's not anything too crazy. I could still do upper body. Um, I just get sick of like doing, um, I just get sick of doing upper body, obviously, and then I just do a very, very light leg workout, so we'll see. I'll keep you guys posted on what's going on, but anyways, um, so I guess I, my thoughts for you for 2024 is to, you know, seize opportunities and, uh, because you just, you just never know, like, stuff is going to happen, whether it's injury or death or um, you know, job loss or, you know, whatever. And it worrying about stuff happening doesn't stop it from happening, obviously. Um, and all it does is steal your time. So I am really going to try very hard to be more present. Um, one of the things though, that I have noticed, and this is really, really amazing is that, um, I have connected with more people. Um, I have just tried to be more open, um, to making (laughs) this might sound a little bit dumb, but like making eye contact and smiling at people and, um, just trying to, um, like not be so scared to, you know, I, I think I, I think I used like, (laughs) I think a lot of women walk around like with their, um, resting, we'll say resting gym face. Um, so as to avoid connection and because they're like, Oh, like, you know, guys are creepy or this or that or whatever. But I'm just realizing that we all need connection. And there's, um, a lot of men who do feel like they can't smile at women or say anything to them without coming across as creepy. And I would, I just was like, you know what, I'm going to try to see the best in people and give them the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, obviously you have to have that boundary because like, I can't sit and talk and chat with everybody every time I come to the gym. And even if I do it once, I don't want people to expect that again. And if I if I don't want to have repeat engagements with somebody, then obviously I'm not going to open that door to being, you know, very friendly to them either. But like, yeah, I just think a lot of that was pulled from us in 2020. And I think that might be, I hate to sound conspiracy theorist, but I think that's like what they want. Like we want people to be scared and want people to not connect and want people to, you know, disagree and have differences and hate each other because of their differences. And I trying to just, um, be, more friendly. And I've gotten that feedback from a lot of people. Uh, you know, there's been several people that I've met this past year who, who are like, you're such a sweetheart. And I feel like I had that reputation and then I kind of became bitter. (laughs) And so I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to leave people with that impression. So, that's, you know, that's another thing is just trying to be more kind and pull down some of those walls, um, and just being, um, 
over loving, I guess. We we had a sermon series over the last couple of months that was called the Overlove Initiative and our pastor talked about different ways of how we can, you know, kind of ignore our differences um to extend kindness to other people and yeah, I mean the more I I learn about people, the more I realize like everybody is struggling and you know even people who look like they have their ish together don't have it together and you know you just feel like at a certain point you should be an adult and and it should be smooth sailing and it's just really not so it's a constant it's a constant evolution like your your world is constantly changing your environment is constantly changing um all the variables that um you know, that you're involved in every day or constantly changing, you're aging. And I'm just trying to embrace a lot of that stuff. It's really, it's really, really hard, you know? So, um, one of the things that I have feel like I've done a good job, pretty good job with leaving in, um, this past year is using less, uh, filters on Instagram, been trying to be more real about that. Um, you know, cause I would use like Snapchat filters a lot and post stuff on Instagram that way. And I'm not saying I'm totally leaving that in the dust <laughs> because, um, I like using them sometimes, but, um, you know, there's that. And I, I think at the beginning of the year, it kind of triggered me when people were like, I'm going to stop using filters. And I was like, Oh, you think you're so much better than everybody else. But then it was just like, yeah, I look back at pictures of like me and my daughter and I'm like, Oh, I used a filter for that. Like, yeah. And it's like, Oh, it looks weird. Cause I use a Snapchat filter when I was trying to capture a moment. So yeah. And I still struggle with how involved I want to be with social media. Part of me was like, Oh, I would like to post every day and have it almost be like a diary, like a diary of 2024. And then the other part of me was like, maybe I should take January off and like not be on social media at all. But I do have podcasts that I'm setting up for this year and, um, or for the month. And I know I'll have to be advertising, but it's always a struggle with like how much time to be spend, spend on social media. And I think too much of it scrolling is the problem. So I still think that's going to be the focus for me is to, keep with my time limits so that I have to log in after 15 minutes. And if I find myself scrolling, um, you know, then I get cut off by that time limit. So there's that. Um, I would like to be reading more books. I would like to be working more on my education and just, yeah, figuring out what the next purpose is. But you know, my mom is a behavioral therapist. She's retired. And I was talking with her saying how I do wish that I had gone into psychology because I just have such a heart for people working through. I mean, mental health is so huge now. And I love that people are so open about it. But the more I talk to people, the more I realize like everybody could use some therapy and some introspective and some counseling in that manner. And there's just never going to be a shortage of people needing therapy. And so, you know, I told her, I said, I kind of wish I had gone into that. My dad had said that to me years ago. Like, I think you would be really good at that. But I told my mom, I think that if I 
work towards growing my coaching business, working with women, I do get to use psychology and some of that, um, on a level because, um, you know, she was like, you'd really have to commit, um, to that education if you were going to do it. And, um, I don't think I'm committed to, you know, seven years, probably like seven years, six years of education, um, you know, to, to practice for 20, maybe it would be, um, when I kind of get my cup full, um, communicating with my clients on a weekly basis, uh, because it's not just about following a training plan or, you know, a diet, but we talk a lot about behaviors and mindset and, you know, all the other factors that come into play that, um, allow us to progress in our health and fitness goals or, you know, deter us from them or obstacles or whatever. So, um, yeah, but, um, but we'll see, you know, so I want to share with you this, a clip of this letter from my client because she, she shared with me what made her, um, well, I'll just read it to you. Um, and you'll know what I said and her response. And it's just, it's just something to reflect on. I mean, we all know people whose lives have been cut too short and maybe it has been somebody close to you and it's really affected you or, you know, maybe it's not. And maybe, you know, if you're lucky, it doesn't take something like that for you to realize life is really, really precious and you never know. I mean, like, I think on a very too regular basis, I think about when I'm deciding something and it's really, you know, causing a lot of turmoil, I'm like, what if I, what if I only have two years left of my life? You know, like if you look at it that way, then, um, you know, it makes you think about that you, you might not have a lot of time and how important is it to you if you didn't have a lot of time? So I don't know. But anyways, here is um here is the little clip of the email from my client. Um it made me cry, which I mean isn't that difficult <laughs> to do, but it it really touched my heart and came at such a poignant time where I was wrestling with um some decisions in my life and you know, still am. I I think it's fair to say that, uh, you don't just decide something and let it go. Like you're always going to turn things over a few times to see, but, um, I hope this helps you as you think about the upcoming year and the choices that you want to make and how you want to live. I just, I want to encourage you to just, you know, live boldly and for you and just, um, just a friendly reminder too that I think a lot of people look at things and think I want to do what's best for me and I I think we should right to an extent but not really in the form of like everything has to be treat yourself or I deserve this or like something that's luxurious or relaxing or a break but more so like what are the things that are really treating yourself 
And, you know, a lot of that, I think the unpopular opinion for, you know, that I have is that self-care tends to look like the things that are going to make me a better person and take care of me in the way that, like, yeah, you go to work and you do your job because you have bills to pay. And if you pay your bills, you feel good about yourself and you can support yourself and, you know, all of these things. So I think the best form of self-care is doing things that are making you responsible and, and healthy and strong and mentally fit and and all of those things. So um, it's not just about treating yourself. But on that note, I would say too that breaks are very important. And, um, you know, and I, t- um, you know, I guess I... I went off on a tangent and I never really said that. I I think when Anna went off to school, what kept me more mentally up was going to the gym regularly. And that's why I had more gym dates. I had more time, but I also was like, I wasn't doing that nearly as much. And so I was thinking, oh, I have more time for this and I'm going to do that. And, um, you know, and it was, it was really, really helpful. It is very, very helpful. It was, I kind of moved that to the front burner where it was on the back burner. And so, um, yeah, just completely different. Like that's what filled that space. And I think pulling that back into my life on a more regular basis so that I was going to the gym now four days a week or so, uh, I think that has kind of secured its spot there. And so it's kind of become a habit again that is worked its way in as one of the top variables. And so that has worked its way back into a top spot and secured itself in there. And so now whatever is next, I can add, you know, back onto my plate. And um, anyways, okay, so let me read you this email, which I have threatened to read a couple of times now and um, haven't done. So here we go. Um, All right. Uh... You mentioned that I am not afraid to make a change if things are not aligning with what I want. That might even that may be true even to a fault. It hasn't always been that way. Eight years ago, this December, my mom passed away after a very short but brutal fight with cancer. She was diagnosed with breast cancer in fall of 2014, had a mastectomy, and was having a really hard time with pain during her recovery. Several months later, after testing, when her pain did not improve, it was found that she had a completely separate advanced incidence of ovarian cancer. She was put on hospice shortly after and passed away in December of 2015. She was 59 years old. She was my best friend and had so much life left to live. She got married to her boyfriend of over 20 years a month before her cancer diagnosis. She had so many plans to travel. She had just started to get into fitness and running and really enjoyed it. She had a plan to retire a couple of years early because she wanted to be a big part of my daughter and my nephew's lives. She wanted to be there when they got off the bus from school, to be present, to hopefully hopefully keep them out of some of the trouble that my sister and I got into when we were younger. I will never forget sitting in the room with her 
and the oncologist when he told her about the ovarian cancer. One of the biggest concerns was how much time she would have to take off of work because she had had so much time for the breast cancer in previous months. He asked her what she did, um, a job, an office job at Nestle, and he looked at her and said, I don't think you should do that anymore. We didn't realize at the time that what he meant was to spend her time doing the things she loved and with the people who were important because there wasn't much time left. That transformed my life. Yes, mostly out of trauma, but I see nothing wrong with not settling for anything less than what is good for me and brings me joy. And I guess, you guys, this is the message that I'm leaving you today is to really find the things that are good for you and bring you joy. And I know that looks different for everybody and we all have our own values and our own abilities to discern and whatnot. But um, I think that the last few years have been so cautious because we're just like, what is going on? It's just a lot of every day of what is going on and really try to get rid of the things that are making you fearful and overly cautious and um, just keep you from living your life, I guess I would say. That's what I hope for all of you um, in the upcoming year. And I think that I'm going to be a little bit bolder about things as well because you just you just don't know. You just don't know when the end is. And I know many of us have this deep desire to make a difference and leave some sort of impression. And, you know, so I just want to encourage you to live your best life out loud, <laughs> however that looks. And I hope that you find a lot of joy in this upcoming year. And one last thing I wanted to mention is that I have gotten so many messages, especially direct messages on Instagram from so many of you who are listening who said that I make them feel less lonely or uh, they look forward to hearing my voice and it's kind of relatable. I don't think that you know, me speaking is anything super fantastic. I listen to a lot of podcasts and women who I know who are way more articulate than me and way more knowledgeable than me. But um, I feel like a lot of you feel like you know me and we're friends. And I just love that. So if I can help even, you know, a couple of you and you have something to look forward to on a weekly basis to listen to, um, I just want to say thanks for the encouragement and it was really what I needed to hear um, moving into this year because I wasn't sure what to do with the podcast and I think, you know, we'll just keep it going and I think it'll be a little bit more organic and I'm going to put a little bit less pressure on myself to um, work so hard to try to get people to interview and set things up and we'll just take things as they come and you'll hear from me hopefully on a pretty regular basis. Um, but anyways, I wish you all the very best. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the women's fittest and remember that healthy looks different on everybody. Have a great day.